You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Hey guys, welcome to Lanham Legacy Podcast. This is your host, Adam Keith. We're co-owners of a consulting company called, go figure, Lanham Legacy. This is your number one podcast resource for all things land. Each week, we're breaking down topics from land management, habitat management, conservation, farming practices, and real estate. We hope you guys enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome back. We're super excited for this week's podcast. I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, You've never heard a podcast like this from us, Um, but it's going to be a good, a good, uh, it'll give you guys a good idea of where Matt and I rank things, some of our favorites, and then overall you get a better idea of of who we are and our interest. Uh, We're going to call this uh, whatever, our top picks maybe. Sure, top picks, favorites. I think it's a a good break into... um, the stuff that we talk about just all the time. We're yeah. going to cover some of it, of course, but you know, at the same time, this is a little bit uh, step back, a little bit more probably more lighthearted um, for you guys to get to know us just a little bit better. And then also you're going to see, you know, when we get into some of these top picks, you're going to understand a little bit about why we like this one over another one or um, what it is about this one species that takes the cake, why it's the mm-hmm. one that we like so much more. Um, and I've got one I'm going to add here for you, Matt, because okay. I just thought of it. On the fly. Him. We're probably going to um, ask a lot of questions on the fly. Yeah, this no podcast. doubt. So it's going to be funny and evolving for us. What, what do you got to add um, as oh, you're writing? But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the podcast because, like you said, you guys are going to get a little insight more onto us, just personal preference. Yes, of course, it's going to be related to land. Um, but, uh, you know, shoot, we're, we've got a lot of other questions in there too, um, for you guys again, to learn a little bit more about, uh, us who, who host it. And, and I think some of the answers when we, are, are going to surprise yeah. each other though, too. Yeah, for sure. That's why I made a point. You had, you added yours to the gonna, document and I made a point when I printed it off, I just ripped it off, threw it away. Cause I didn't want to see what you wrote. Gotcha. Um, this is also going to be a chance for, uh, when we post this, we're going to be asking you guys through the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll post a picture of whatever it is on ours, and we'll link the podcast, but then we'll ask you guys what your favorite is. Yeah. Um, and so we, we want you guys to interact with us on our social media handles. Uh, really helps us understand our audience, you guys. 
your interests and how we can deliver uh, more accurate information. Well, not right. to say accurate information, more information that's applicable to what you guys have going on for sure on your land. Yeah. So we've got a bunch of questions, um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and cover a couple things. Um, we've been pumping out some videos every week on our YouTube and Facebook page, um, and so you guys, if uh, if you have Basically, I encourage you to go check them out. We've had the quail guys, our uh, our upland consultants. So if you guys do know or you're, you're a landowner and you have quail property and you're looking to improve it, shoot us an email, shoot us a message on our Facebook page. Yep. Um, and then, and I, I almost a little bit hesitant to tell you info at landandlegacy.tv because there has been a few Yeah, there's back. been some weird, weird little glitches Yeah, I don't on know. It, but um, so it, shoot it, us. If you can't get it there, if it kicks back, contact send it to emails media. send yeah. it to matt's email yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of it yeah. or i got you guys so uh um also uh shooters for review uh on our on our facebook and also uh itunes page um because it really helps us um continue building our our uh source here to where we can continue pumping these out uh without you guys we're gonna we're left working uh other jobs and there'll be no more land and legacy um so your guys' support is crucial for us uh and continuing to do this podcast uh and video series um so anyway uh matt you got anything other uh, other stuff to add well i think uh before we we jump into the all the favorites that we're going to go through um we've been busy working and talking a lot of natives here lately. Um, but we cannot forget to do just a quick update on the food plots mm. that were planted and the success that we're seeing um, in the food plot acres this year. And it's been... Yeah, we'll, we'll devote a whole podcast to it, but real quick, we yeah. can give you guys well, some updates. And, and, and truthfully, we've had an incredible growing season so far. Lots of rain, lots of yeah. timely rains. Too much um, rain in a couple food plants. That's why yeah. we were late getting them in the ground. But you know what? You deal with it. You, you, life's going to throw you curveballs. But um, all in all, really, they're doing incredible. I think one of the biggest things to, to tell them about is we did something a little different this year. Um, so you'll hear it in this podcast a little later but um my family farm we've got we've got several food plots but they're all pretty small and the we don't really have the ability to plant soybeans soybean monocultures without fencing and let them grow up and they're going to make pods and be a great late season yeah, uh, that just don't happen. Doesn't happen. No. And um, most guys in timber country will tell you that. Sure. And I'm really, you know, as evolving as a, an as acre a land is a manager. Plot. Yes, it is. I mean, truthfully. But uh, uh, evolving as a land manager, I don't really like, I, I'm not on the fence, I guess. I'm even off the fence now, siding where I'm not a huge fan of fencing off what little food plot acres we have because, you know, it's it's taken away that... You, resource you, you turn a you turn a good resource into simply a hunting strategy versus yeah. an improvement to the habitat. And so we didn't uh, we don't do that, but we've we've uh, over because of our years as we've been very open about uh, using plows and discs over the years that uh, it created it created some uh, bad things for us in our food plots and and cows getting out and overgrazing food plots and. Uh, bare ground and so nature covers that and we've had a really bad problem with crabgrass and 
it's not written about. I don't see it. I've searched and searched, and I don't find much stuff, but uh, it's got that aleopathic type of uh, properties, that properties that really, you know, it grows through the summer. And last year we were like, oh, let's just let it grow. It's covering the soil. But then we turned around and we planted our fall plots, and the fall plots didn't do very good at all where that crabgrass was thick. And it was it was sprayed before we didn't want to go see. Yeah. <laughs> didn't want people to think, like, you guys just let it grow to see? No, no we it sprayed, sprayed it before. in July and planted in August, and um, still it took a long time for that to decay and that uh, – that basically chemical to get out of the soil to where our fall crops could start growing. So it really stunted, caused us some problems. So this year we planted soybean monocultures, just straight soybeans, in all the food plots on the family farm and waited until early June and went in and sprayed after that crabgrass was already up four or five inches, sprayed it, killed it, and goosegrass was another one we were dealing with, sprayed it, killed it, and then planted the heritage blend into what standing soybeans we already had. So that's kind of something interesting we've done, and, and, you know, there's a lot of species in that heritage blend that'll do great during the summer months. We've already had some timely rains, so follow along on our YouTube channel. You're going to see us posting videos about it soon, vlogs, I guess I should say. So um, anyway, uh, what else? And and, and the, um, the, no herbicide? the herbicide food plot, there was a video update after being planted, and that was just a fall blend last year. It got drilled straight through. Um, with Stratton Game Changer beans, and right now I'm I'm going back through just from amazement and looking at the pictures. These beans right now are pretty much completely canopied over um, and filling in that food plot. Very little weed pressure. Um, there is a little bit of mayor's tail that's growing, uh, but within these pictures too, we are seeing that deer are hammering and browsing the mayor's tail that's in the food plot. And I say, oh, they're like, oh my gosh, mayor's tail in the food plot. We're talking like. A few sprigs 10, here or there. 10, 20 yeah. sprigs out there. But it's still important to notice yep. and see that, okay, it's it's there, it's present, but it's also being utilized as a forage, though, too. Yeah. And a few sprigs of Cerisa lespedeza, mm-hmm. which are going to take herbicide to kill, or we're going to have to manually pull them. But that begs the question. I guess we don't know anything about herbicide. Let's just go into it saying, okay, I don't know enough about herbicide. Would you rather spray that over the whole food plot? Or spot treat it and make sure you kill your noxious weeds, but you don't broadcast it or spray it over a forage that a deer is later going to consume. Um, that's where I'm at. So um, it, this is just a new way of thinking for a lot of people. Of do I do I need it? Like, or, yeah. or and do I need it at the the broad spectrum application that we're used to dealing with in food plots? And so far, what we're seeing is right now, wow. We don't have to use hardly any. Yeah, incredible success. And again, this is just drilling straight through, no termination whatsoever of any fall crop drilling beans right through it. Man, it looks incredible. It does. Really good. All right. Uh, And and follow along. We're going to have, we'll do a complete update on on all food plots later on the summer as we know more. But until then, we are going to rip through, I don't know, 30 questions here on our top picks for different species absolutely or different hunts or different things so we're going to cover a wide variety of things but first one our favorite tree um and i added this you didn't see it but i added evergreen and deciduous oh so pretty easy for me Uh, probably going to be pretty easy for you but my favorite tree as probably not going to be a shock um but the bur oak Mm -hmm. um 
for the simple fact that it's just such a cool and mighty tree. Um, and in a Sane County Almanac, he, I read something that really sticks out to me now, but he talked about the armor from the base, from the trunk, all the way up to the very ends of the tree being thick bark to prevent it from fire, uh, fire damage. And, you know, once you start looking at a tree, it's like one of those that once you see that armor, even when there's no leaves on, dead of winter, and you just see it on the horizon, it's like there's a bur oak. I can tell a bur oak from hundreds of yards away yeah. amongst other trees. Yeah. Like, especially like along along a creek, you're like, there is a bur oak down there. And, yep. like, and people are like, wait, there's what? How do you know? I'm like, I can tell it because look at the shape of that tree and the structure of that tree. It is just it is it is mighty it, it is screams intense. come at me bro yeah it, i mean it just has a presence in a stand of timber that is like wow i wouldn't want to mess with that guy that's right he's that guy in high school you're like no i'm not doing it yeah i'm just i'm not gonna do it you're good and the, man and the acorn acorns acorns enough of you people are commenting that it gives me a little bit of insecurities about it but um are really cool, really big deer. Love them. Squirrels love them. A lot of game. Eat them. Highly trapped. Um, and it's it's Highly. just a really really cool species. So that's why it's my favorite. I I, I right there with you. <laughs> People are like, oh, that's that's stupid. You guys have the same favorite treat. But seriously, if you're yeah. not familiar with them, if you've not been around them, um, they're incredibly awesome trees. I, I love it for the exact same reasons. Um, and and, and truthfully too, most of the times where where the bur oaks are still remaining. Um, that landscape is is awesome and, and can be managed well, and it's extremely diverse and uh, so not only the presence, yeah not only the presence of that tree but just where it is and the um, the oh, almost the atmosphere but that that's they have. a pretty big range so everybody should big, be familiar should, should be you know, pretty from familiar with New them. Mexico to Maine and Ontario and a whole bunch of other Canada uh, places. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them provinces up there. Yeah, and all the way into Alabama. So it's huge range, um, the bur oak. Favorite evergreen for me is the only native pine that we have here in where I call home, and it's the shortleaf pine. Yeah, it's a pretty fantastic one too. Um, Slow grower. It's not one of those you see planted in the the, uh, plantations down south because it is such a slow-growing tree, but – Man, there's some on my farm, uh, on the neighboring farm, that just have this similar to the bur oak, but very uh, like a mighty feel. Uh, but there's nothing quite like the sound of wind through a through a pine tree. So there, there's not at, at all, and especially when when you have the ability of, of more of an open canopy type feel, more of a woodland savanna, because you do get so much air rushing through, and it's just like it's almost like a calming sound. It is. It's like a very peaceful. Like you feel the breeze. You're out there in it, and it's just like that. It's almost like a what do you a call them? Like white the sleep noise. Mach- yeah, white noise. Exactly. White noise machine. I was getting ready to tell you. You know, uh, my daughter sleeps with a white noise machine, um, and it's white noise is the thing. So it's just that very staticky sound. Mm-hmm. But if they made a white noise machine with wind through Short pines, wind pine. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm out. Sign me up. I'll do it. You know what the other thing is about like like the senses, the smells, the feel of just outdoors. That's Spring incredible. Spring pollen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it is the, like on a warm summer day, the smell of pine straw. Oh yeah, and it, like when it warms up, and and you like yeah. you could walk through a pine stand, and it'd be shaded, and you could get to like a sunny spot, yeah. and like all of a sudden that like aromaticness oh, yeah. just hits you, like oh I yeah. like that, yeah I like it for sure. Favorite shrub. 
I'm going American Hazelnut. Oh, very cool. Definitely one of my favorites, but not my favorite. Um, why hazelnut? Well, it grows on a lot of different places. Um, I like hazelnut coffee. <laughs> and oh, yeah. one, it is a, it can produce a hard mast year one, but two and three, um, you're producing a good crop. And yeah. it's incredible because of the browse that it also can endure once it sets a good root system from, you know, buds to um, the leaves to the actual fruit itself. Every aspect of it is attractive and then it produces cover as well. And that's, well, we go right back to the shrub podcast. I mean, my gosh, that's what shrubs do. That's why we love them so much and they have such a big role. But something about that, just American hazelnut, it's part of the birch family, um, usually, what, three to four foot tall. So it's just in that perfect range of, um, and it, it, it kind of can be a, a little bit of a, a bushier, denser type shrub. Yeah. Um, so I, that's that's why I like it. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And there's American in like it, it, too. Yep. America. What? Any guesses on my favorite? American plum? Nope. You're close. American Beautyberry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I should have known that one. Just because of the so many beneficial things. As as, as the hazelnut, but the Beautyberry to me is just so cool because of its benefits as a structure, its benefits from a forage standpoint, um, browse as both berries too. Um, but at the same time, it kind of d- handles that shade in a woodland setting a lot better than a lot of it other does. shrubs. That's a great quality um, of it. And so, you know, and it's a very, as much as I hate the word, it's a very aesthetic, uh, aesthetically pleasing um, Well, it has its place plant. not only in... In the wild, like in the and just like the native landscape, but in landscaping as well, for sure. And it's like, what other shrub could you mistake it for? There's not oh, yeah. one. No, you know, like when you when it, you it, see it, it honestly it's like, looks <laughs> like an ornamental because yeah. it is so showy. Yeah, yeah. But you like, wouldn't see anybody taking hawthorn and sticking it in the landscaping. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> but it's like, it just it just it stands out. It, yeah. it's its own own yeah. man in the crowd. Or we're gonna jump around because we're not gonna go through all the plants. All right out of the gate, and then they say, "I don't want to hear him ramble on about the these daggum plants." Stuff. So, um, let's go with uh, what is your uh, favorite uh, hunt? Like, if you were to pick one hunt to do, uh, or you know, one one like hunting season, hunt? no, oh, okay. one hunt, one hunt during the year, the course of a year. Um, on average, like, what is the one hunt that you like the best? Like, do you like bow hunting whitetails? Do you like gun hunting whitetails? Do you like spring turkeys with a shotgun, spring turkeys with a bow, quail hunting, rabbit hunting, duck hunting? Spring turkeys with a shotgun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's there's a, a certain rush. There's a certain communication aspect of, of working that animal in, figuring out the land, understanding the lay of the land, and the best route to just – seal the deal on a turkey yeah for sure gosh i love it i hope everybody's thinking this is why we're doing this podcast because i want everybody as they're listening try to think of their favorite too and and the reasons behind it too that's why we're sharing the reason not just oh i like i like to shoot turkey yeah like there's there's reasons behind what it is about the aspect the experience that gets you outside yeah uh mine's right there too turkeys in the spring if you were to say like block off just you know get more definitive on that i'm going to say southern missouri family farm (laughs) most years 
Uh, flooding has really hurt him the past couple of years. But Family Farm, during the last week of April, first week of May, and uh, chasing turkeys. All right. Um, favorite caliber of gun? Like, if you were to just go from whatever. Let's just say you got you picked up, put you in a plane, and, and you've got one gun to take you and – you know, it goes from favorite gun to just plink with or shoot, recreational shoot, to just like you had one gun in your house. Which one would you get? I'd have a three oh eight. Okay. And, and for the purpose of um, its versatility, it's a very common round, um, but it has the ability to have some knockdown power. The the uh, the wide range of uh, grain that yeah. a bullet itself can have. Um, within 308 caliber is pretty pretty awesome. I mean, you can sit there. So and this is your survival gun here that you're just like I'm gonna. This is my one gun that I'm having in the house and like survival it. as in like defending myself or what, for like just hunting? like you, you know just hunting like okay. I'm gonna I'm just putting food hunting. on the table. Oh yeah, okay 308. Yeah, I love I, that I, I forgot I didn't put favorite deer rifle. Okay, because I'm gonna ask that question too. But this is favorite caliber. So overall, like if I was just to say, hey, we're going to Bass Pro and Cabela's we're Academy. Something. <laughs> we're going to pick up a gun of just whatever. What caliber are you going to get? I, I, I'm a 22 guy. Like I would, you you can kill a pile of stuff with the 22. You can have a pile of fun with the 22. You can pass it on to a lot of people. Um, so that's mine. But if I ask favorite deer rifle, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm a plinker. I, I think of as a kid, like that was a huge thing. Like, I would I, if you got me a box of 22 shells as a kid. You know, man, that was the best present. That's a lot of fun for it sure. It is, yeah. So favorite deer rifle. You told me caliber 308, but do you have a certain model in mind? Uh, no, no, I don't. Um, I'm not married to. To any exact one, you know, growing well, up. Favorite so like far in life, let's just say. One that holds a little special place is actually a 243 that my dad had as a Ruger M77, I believe. Um, and I didn't, like, I did not rifle hunt often at all. Yeah. Like, I grew up with a shotgun in my hands and then went to a muzzle loader and went to a bow and then honestly really went into a rifle situation about the same time I was getting introduced to archery. And, and that two forty three, I saw my dad carry it all the time. And we shot groundhogs with it, uh, shot deer with it. And it just, it kind of has that, uh, it not definitely not worn out look at all, but it's, it's a little bit of wear and tear. And it just feels really good. It shoulders really well. And it's great caliber. Um, that 243, I, I, I ended up killing a lot with it. So I think I'm mine gonna, would probably be a model 7308 that I used for a couple of years. Um, that was a good gun. Ooh. Felt yeah. really, really good. Yeah, that's probably been the best shouldering shooting gun that I've that I've carried. But once again, I started out with a slug gun. Hated that. <laughs> then I used a Dirty 30 uh, Winchester Model 94. Uh, I actually killed my first deer with it. That's the gun my dad hunts with. Um, and then I got a Remington, uh, I forget, semi-auto 30-06 um, that I like, uh, but it was just not the, the a sweet, shoulder cannon. sweet shooter <laughs> that I that I, I like. So, uh, but it was still, uh, dad still got that gun, a pretty sweet, pretty sweet gun. But 
Winchester Model 70 uh, 308 is definitely That's my tough to beat. pick. Um, favorite non-game. So, you know, I have Bird in here, but let's just go favorite non-game. So it can be anything, any part of the country, I guess any part of the world, but something that we don't hunt that you enjoy. I I would, someone's going to be like, oh, well, I hunt it or, or I trap it. But there's something absolutely, and I've always been fascinated with them, but is the, the beaver. The beaver's awesome. Is that what you put? No. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's I don't know. They're just incredible creatures and in what they do, what they create. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, I had just, this conversation on social media just the other day with somebody, maybe yesterday, that between a coyote and a beaver, I'm not sure which one's more hated. And I think if you're, uh, it depends on part of the world. I think you're in. Oh yeah, sure. Um, sure. But the American beaver is definitely one of those that's really underrated. I would encourage everybody to go look up "Eager: The Surprising and Secret Life of Beavers." Um, really, really interesting book. Opens your eyes on on beavers. So if you hate them, it'd be a good one for you to sit and with a sour we look on your face the you. whole time. <laughs> um, they are. No. Absolutely incredible. Their yeah. history, their their prevalence, their um, their comeback, uh, and again, what they do. Not only from I think, and this has a this has an impact. Uh, this animal has an impact on our water system so greatly yeah. um, that we we've totally underestimated it as a species. Well, in that book, it, 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 I would encourage you guys because you get tidbits like this the whole time. But uh, they estimate that right now we have like 1.5 million uh, beavers on in North America and at some point in the 15 1600s they thought it was 2 or 300 million holy cow way more than than and, what and we if had you, if you don't and think that, that that doesn't change North America and what it looked like you're crazy yeah and that almost every secondary stream basically Mississippi Missouri those main main rivers weren't they still had them on them and they were building be dens or lodges and and uh, dams on the side channels and sloughs but almost every other secondary stream was not free-flowing like it is today. It was more of a pools, um, tricklings, and, and really that's what a lot of our, uh, what created the water levels to be so much higher than they are today. But go check out that book, um, American Beaver. Probably learn a cool. lot. What, what about your favorite non-game? Uh, mine kind of has, you know, small little Tweety Bird um, that, that they've heard me talk about before, but right now, I mean, this could change. And you ask me next year, and I may have a different one. But right now, my favorite non-game is probably summer tanager, mm-hmm. um, because of its, you know, its its direct impact on telling us that our habitat work is improving. Is it indicator species? Um, and so, you know, we've done all that woodland restoration just on that 90 acres, and we've seen way more summer tanagers this year on it. Um, I've always been fascinated with them. Uh, ever since I saw the first one years ago, they have an amazing call. Uh, they're just a really, really cool bird. So that's mine. Nothing too fancy, but a bright red bird. Let's Nothing see. You got that. anything else? You got one you want to pick? What is your dream hunt? Oh, like, that's easy. Always, ever since one of my dear friends, Luke Anderson, shot a moose. He shot his in Canada. Mm-hmm. I think it was Ontario. But we part of our trade... Uh, we would go up there and stay at his house and hunt some public land close to close to his home. Right. Um, but we ch- he cre- he grilled moose burgers for us in Yummy. exchange for hanging the moose head 
way high in his A-framed park. Like it was one of those like uh, vault-like <laughs> yeah, ceilings, I guess. Monster peaks. Yeah, and so there was, was a challenge. There was two guys. I'm trying to remember how this was. I think there was two guys on a ladder, one a little higher than the other, and then two guys on the side, and then another guy. No, there was two ladders, I believe. And then there was guys with brooms underneath pushing it up. Took us forever. Oh, wow. But once I had that moose burger, I was like, that's the greatest game I've ever eaten. Mm. I love the last frontier, Alaska, the mindset of like, you know, yeah. this is a landscape that hasn't changed in forever. And I want to go to Alaska on a moose hunt. Wow. You? Uh, I would love to just do an archery elk hunt, but have like, the opportunity to do some upland bird hunting and fishing at the same time. So basically yeah. like a week long of just like elk hunting in the morning, eat, either shoot some birds, go throw a line in the water, and just be in the mountains somewhere. Yeah. And just disappear, be gone, leave the phone, and just be immersed in that environment. I've never gone elk hunting. Um, that's definitely definitely on the list to do one of these days but just have uh, that that opportunity um put all those fun things together would be awesome very cool all right let's break it up a little bit favorite tv show oh gosh i think i left that one blank you know that's been i don't don't, don't, don't watch a lot of tv i don't have Uh, cable my wife and i we watch netflix because we don't have cable either and what we've you know it's kind of like Background noise, oh. but there's one TV show, and this has changed a little bit. And I got to give props to my brother. I used to, I used to make fun of him for watching this show because <gasps> I didn't you? like it. Um, but as my wife and I started dating, and I started watching with her more, and I'd watch it with my brother uh, growing up. But now it's my favorite show. I could watch it over and over and over, and it's The Office. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, honestly, and this one, I, I thought about it. You know, this this goes back, I guess, to probably more like high school, college. Um, but I like that show, oh, uh, American Pickers on the History Channel. Have yeah. you ever watched that? Uh, I watched it a little bit back in the day. Those two guys just traveling around this whole stinking country, picking up old trash and selling it. Does yeah. it get any better than that? It's kind of like Antique Roadshow was when I was a kid. We watched that a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, it's like... I have an appreciation. I don't know if it's old soul or whatever for just old things and and, and the craftsmanship um, way back when. But those guys, they they understand it, they get it, and they they encounter some cool stuff. So, yeah. Uh, let's go with favorite landscape. Now you may say, "What in the world are you guys talking about?" That could be. Uh, I said prairie. Could be grassland. Um, and I, and I, I guess I should explain. I went with prairie because that's a type of grassland. And then I went with uh, savanna, which is also another type of grassland. Um, then woodland, which is a forest-type um, ecosystem. Glade, which is a, a, a grassland. Um, you could pick desert, bog, nah. <laughs> swamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, honestly, for me, growing up in Virginia... And that being one of the first places ever settled and colonized, like that that ground just went through so many changes. And so there was not much um, left, not manipulated, if you will, um, by man that I was 
grown up and immersed in. So one thing that's always just been increasingly uh, captivating to me is just the Grand Prairie, like a tall grass prairie of its diversity, of just its incredibleness. Like I go out there and I see it and I'm just taken back from the views. And then you look on the ground, and you're like, holy cow, all this is just right here. And, and they're so hard. A true virgin prairie is so hard to replicate and bring back. It's like yeah. that 300 plus species, you know, you can't you can't mimic that. Yeah. Like it's so incredible. So um, where's that at? Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie is actually Arkansas. Oh god, you're talking. Okay, I'm just saying. I thought like, you're talking about a place in. in oh okay, um, not like a. a I thought a there was a Grand place. Prairie in Virginia that you no, talked about. No 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 no. I'm just saying, just like in general, the prairie. Yeah. Um, but I think the Grand Prairie is is in is in Arkansas. Yeah. That's a place actually. Let's uh, mine would have to be Woodlands. Um, gotcha. And this is really a hard one for me, um, because I do love glades and I love savannas. But I think a woodland probably hits home the most because that's what my farm is, uh, should be, I should say. Um, and so, and it's one of those things that it's so underappreciated and under uh, the knowledge of woodlands is not there. A lot of people don't, when you say woodland, they think of forest, closed canopy forest, right, but right. it's not. And uh, it's one of those that's, you know, it can support so many different uh, species. It's kind of a, a very. Uh, productive um productive landscape that that i definitely like so it's definitely versatile i mean yeah. it can do a, it can do and hold a lot uh let's see and to me you know what that's the difference that's why i didn't say prairie yeah uh, for me because i try to picture like would i rather live in a woodland would i rather live in a savannah would i rather live on a glade i wouldn't want to live in a no. prairie <laughs> i would not want to live in a prairie <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't no. but i love going and visiting yeah. it's like ah, this is incredible like like I the there, southwest though. nebraska last year when we were on oh. that it was amazing incredible but, but two days into that heat oh. on the prairie i was like <laughs> i freaking hate well, this and it's like I'm okay to have heat, but I want an escape from heat. Yeah, there, there is no none. escape. No, those daggum mule deer were digging caves into the side of hills just to find some shade and cool sand. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm sorry, yeah. I can't do extended periods like Folk, this. Folks back east wonder why why don't he write? <laughs> oh man. Okay, let's see here. Um, yeah, so woodland. I could live in a woodland. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I can even live in a savanna. Uh, but woodland kind of feels a little bit more like home. Let's go with favorite um, favorite style of hunting. Ooh, good one. Um, I like. And it's going to be different names for people, uh, but yeah, I what just, do you mean? Yeah, yeah, people are going to call things different. Oh, oh, sure. I like just just your your <laughs> I don't know classic bow like archery hunt pre rut in a stand like. Yeah. Like that type of style is super fun to me. I grew up hunting, and um, it might offend people, but I mean it's it's heritage. I, I grew up hunting with dogs and like running dogs and and running deer, and I, so I've done like every type of um, whitetail hunting possible. But there's something about like the combination spotlight, of, <laughs> not that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like there's something about the combination of of a, a bow in your hand. Late October, early November, pre-rut, um, things are happening, deer active. I just love that intensity because it, it's a game. It's it's a puzzle piece that you're putting all together. 
Uh, I like that challenge, and um, it's just it's fun. I've had a lot of success. That I won't that disagree with that at all from the fact that that is an amazing time. But it's a it's a very small period, and it's I wouldn't dare do it that. Is. I wouldn't dare do that with turkeys. <laughs> oh gosh! No. So uh, obviously, a person with ADHD who can't sit still, run and gun is my favorite style of hunting. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and you know that's what I enjoyed about Nebraska last year was this mm-hmm. very much moving a lot. You know, Glass setting a little down. Bit. Yeah, and maybe that's why we didn't weren't successful. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I really enjoy that type, especially for turkeys, but also with quail, with with uh, with squirrels. Um, so definitely enjoy run and gun. Um, let's jump back to – You ought to just do some run and gun with the bow and arrow. Just stay on your feet. Yeah, that's right. Just... I used to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wasn't very successful with it, but I used oh, to. Gosh. Honestly, though – Only in I, burned I, areas. You know what you need to do? You need to create like a track around the property that's like I'm gonna I'm gonna burn these areas, I'm gonna use this as my path, my sneaking path and, and get around so there's no leaf litter. You're just you're an Indian sneaking around. Well, I'll, I'll be honest hand. with you. You know, when I used to do that run and gun as a young hunter, I didn't know anything really. I really Wind? feel like <laughs> What's I, that? What now? Wind? Yeah, What's yeah. That? Like, oh I'm gonna walk this way. Having no idea, did not carry a wind checker. Yeah, tickling me right now. Yeah, why the leaves blowing that way? (laughs) Um, But I think now, I think now, if especially like a traditional archer, like it would be really, really, really cool to just do very slow spot and stalk moving around. Really, Um, really neat. For sure. But at the same time, the way we set our properties up is not like <laughs> ideal not for that. that. Yeah. No. So maybe one day I'll I'll get permission to go on somebody else's property and I'll do that. Yeah. Or, but or, or when a buck is a little pattern, key of like, advice too. If you want to really, really, really <laughs> he's serious about this. Tick God. somebody off. Go do spot and stock or or uh yeah, spot and stock, run and gun style bow hunting on public land. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Call up those hunting public guys. Ask them where they're hunting. Go do it with them. <laughs> Horrible <laughs> advice. <laughs> Zach, he uh, doesn't mean that. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's see here. Uh, uh, let's jump back over and uh, favorite small game. Rabbit. Cottontail rabbit, huh? Man. That I knew you were going to say that because I, I know that was a big part of your childhood. Huge, 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 huge. We had uh, – Uncle had beagles, and we had, I don't know, Four or five. If if it was January, February, we were on the weekends going rabbit hunting, stomping briar patches, kicking brush, and shooting rabbits. And I loved eating them too. It was just so much fun watching the dogs work, do their thing. Um, I loved it. Yeah. So I and I haven't rabbit hunted. My gosh, probably since I was fifteen. We're gonna do that this winter. Whew. We're gonna do that in a squirrel hunt because that's my favorite that. great squirrel. Oh, great girl, uh, because girl. that was my childhood. Yeah, I can remember uh, even being in in middle school. My brother was in high school. A lot of our people we knew, especially older guys, were bow hunting, and it'd be October, mid October, and we'd be out squirrel hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we talked one winter. We're like, we're gonna buy bows this next summer. We're gonna bow hunt next year. So this year, we're just gonna go around squirrel hunting and try to learn and and scout. Right, right. So we covered a lot of ground, checking scrapes and rubs, carrying twenty twos. Right. Um, so squirrel hunting is definitely my favorite small game. Uh, so 
a lot of people hate them on a tree stand, but they are an awesome. Oh, they're fun. Creature. That's what. I, actually, There's I target rich lot. man. Oh, you darn right. All right. Um, and jump back up to favorite hunting show as a kid. I watched a ton of Real Tree Road Trips. Oh yeah, with Boy. old Michael Waddell. I, I just alive. Yeah, I, I watched your a, age. I watched a pile of them. Um, those first like, I think I don't know five five years of that when he started out in the Bronco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before he had the Chevy. Yep, man that that was. I was just like it. Just that was like the age where you're just so into something like you're just like finding your passions and yep. hunting was it for me um, at that age and I was just so ingrained. I was like, why would I watch anything else? Yep, mine Real was Primos. Yep, Primos, the S- truth. I had I had a truth video and then I had a uh, Spring Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah. that primos Shoot. and the hunting and when they launched the truth about bow hunting that was back in DVD days, um, and so I remember going to Bass Pro as soon as they got them in and be looking for the DVDs. Uh, I don't even think they carry the DVDs at Bass Pro anymore, um, yeah, but they know. used to be a whole section. There <laughs> used to be a monster section, and you'd go in and and they'd have them playing on a TV. Yep. And uh, my brother and I'd always be like, they got it in yet? Oh, they got the new truth. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy the the truth about deer hunting you buy the truth about bow hunting and so i mean and i was decked out in primo stuff i was a miniature wilbur primos whenever i was a kid i remember like watching the like reading the back of the the dvds and you know how like it would list out like 27 awesome deer hunts yep. 37 or whatever i'd just get the most whoever whichever dvd sold me on the most hunts that it was <laughs> like yep i got my money yeah done all right um I'll ask another one that's not on here. Favorite uh, favorite hunting personality as a kid? Oh, wow. I mean, I would assume it's Michael Waddell since that was your... I mean, that was... I wouldn't say favorite. I, didn't, I, didn't, I never like had one that was just like... The oh man? Oh, my gosh, I just idolized you. No, I never would like that, I guess. I just I just wanted to consume that stuff. Um I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I had a favorite. Oh, I, I definitely did. Will Walker with Primos was my favorite. Um, that man could shoot, uh, and and kind of was the guy that like always had a good time. So even if he missed, he laughed. Yeah. He rarely yeah. missed, but he made incredible shots, and he was still laughing. He never right. was too serious, uh, like some of the Yahoos out there, uh, where it's just like <laughs> I'm trying not to step on it too many toes, but it was like oh, the face paint's perfect. We're out here. I just shot a big deer. Oh my goodness! Look at this. Yeah. He was just like laughing the whole time. Just so that's laid back. Yeah. It was so so much uh, fun to watch. Um, favorite hunting podcast. Oh, I saw that one on there. If I had to, um, if I had to name one, it would probably be Meat Eater. I don't I don't listen to that many hunting podcasts though. Yeah. I really don't. Um like really hardly any at all. Yeah. But I, I think it's a quality quality show. I, I I like I like some of the conversations that they they address. Yeah. Um and, and some of the views that are on there. So yep. it's it's always interesting. Yep. What that's about you? that's mine, Meat Eater. Okay. Uh, and like like you said, I, I don't listen to a lot of a lot of podcasts. But I do listen. To, well, I don't listen to a lot of hunting podcasts. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of audiobooks. Uh, but when I do, I try to catch each uh, each meat eater. Mm-hmm. Um, 
podcast. So uh, since we're on that non-hunting podcast, I'm a big, big fan of delivering pizzas. <laughs> the Dave Ramsey podcast, basically in any of those from from his group of, of folks, um, specifically the Entree Leadership one, that's a great podcast. Um, there's a lot of just quality information out there. Um, so that would be that would be my favorite. Delivering Yourself? Pizzas. Craig Groeschel's Leadership Podcast. Yep. That's, that's a, a really good fantastic one. Fantastic one. Um, not as it's only once a month, uh, maybe twice a month if he releases it, a bonus. But I'm going to encourage all you guys, Craig Groeschel's Leadership Podcast, Dave Ramsey Leadership Podcast. Awesome, awesome yeah. uh, life-learning podcast. Oh, for sure. Rather than listen to personal <laughs> development if stuff. If cabbages had legs, we'd hunt them too. That was <laughs> one of the latest meteors. Really good podcast, but there's a lot of really deep stuff on Craig Groeschel or mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey. Um, let's go with favorite favorite getting back to some of our plants favorite oh, food right. plot plant oh gosh oh man oh i i, I went back and forth so much and i'm not even dead set on this one yeah um because truthfully you don't plant it that much yeah. but there's something just so attractive about it um and i and i like the fact that it, it can be planted in so many different ways um I'm going to say alfalfa. Yeah. You've talked to Seth Harker today. I have not. Uh, He's he, on a kick, though. Yeah, man, He's loving he is, it. He told me today, he goes, I think there's a reason why everybody says alfalfa's amazing. I love uh, it. And he was mentioning big names in the industry. Yeah. Uh, alfalfa is definitely awesome. Uh, the reason why I didn't select that is I felt like clover is a little bit more of a plant that could take some shadier situations Mm -hmm. and uh so i chose clover and you can put that with red clover but a perennial or even an annual clover for that matter i like clover and there's a reason why i picked this over soybeans over corn is because you can plant these no almost any (sighs) real quick in my head rattle through all the states we've worked 27 of them i guess in two and a half years all of them Every single one of those states can have clover, but not every single one of those properties could grow soybeans or grow corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so for sure. that clover and it can take a beating. Deer can like come that. in there every night and graze the heck out of it and still comes back. Um, and it, maintenance, it doesn't take a lot of herbicide. You can keep mowing it, keep mowing it, addressing, dropping in other species. But really the base of clover food plot, once you get established, and it's really not hard to get established, is there. Um, and, and there's a lot of other tips and, and little things to, to improve the, the forage yep. um, and, and keep it relatively, I don't know, I could say maintenance-free at all, but um, just make sure you don't have to maintain it as intensely as other food plots. So, yep. yeah, clover's great. we got a lot of questions, so we'll keep, kind of speed up things a little bit here. Favorite bird? Oh, gosh. It, I fell in love with this bird in ornithology class back in college. Um, I saw it on a pond, and I was like, Holy crap, that like the colors are just absolutely incredible, very unique. But it's a northern shoveler. Oh, yep. yep. Like the beautiful chestnut brown um, into the green and, and like the white ish color. Man, it's a beautiful bird. Smiley's. Huh? Smiley. <laughs> That's what? the nickname for him. Oh. Um, Never heard of that one. What about Northern what about Bob you? White? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, obvious reasons, but. Man, uh, I love that bird. Um, let's go with favorite land management tool. 
So if you were to only have one, you just bought a farm, you could only buy one. Give me a chainsaw, baby. I can do a lot with a chainsaw. I can make a lot of habitat, a lot of improvements. I can maintain the farm. Um, it's going to take some work, but it's extremely versatile. You're going to use it, uh, man, a ton of the time. Yep. A ton of the time. I'm the same way. And I was so torn on drip torch because yep. you can do so much. But the window to use a drip torch is so right. much smaller than a chainsaw. So That's right. Chainsaw is number one. Um, I will say this. Favorite land management technique, though. Not necessarily. Well, that's tool. another question on I here. Know. I know. I'm, I'm going that to at? it. Technique. I do love prescribed fire. Yeah, that was my favorite too. I mean, gosh, you, uh, there's not another tool out there that you can just cover so many acres and do such an amazing Prescribed fire is one of those that you can job. do it all day, work your tail off, be completely whooped, and then at the end of it, sit up on it, smile, and go, boy, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. You don't Dirty, do TSI out. all day and then go, boy, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not typically. No. Uh, but, yeah, prescribed fire, man, it, it's just uh, – it's so visual, too. Yeah. Like, it's just in your face. Holy cow, I just changed this place. Favorite sport outside of hunting? I love to golf. Yeah. I haven't golfed in over two, a year. Two years? Or? Probably two years. But – um, I played in college, and it's just a ton of fun. Um, maybe one day I'll get back into it. But I love the yeah. sport. People people think it's dumb and this and that, but it's it's definitely a mental game for sure. What about you? Baseball. Baseball. Yeah, it's the sport that I played most growing up, uh, and it's a sport that when I do have time, I try to catch the cards. Um. It's it's one that I still really, really enjoy watching. It's not something like I watch it and I'm like, oh, there's so much other stuff I could do. When I watch baseball, it's really just a, a game of, I don't know, strategy. Right. Uh, so, anyway, that's what I, that's mine. Um, let's go with favorite thing to take to a stand. Tree stand. My bow? <laughs> I mean, I'm talking uh. not the not the essentials, like you have to have it, but something you take with you. And it's so stupid, but a phone is the thing for me because you can read books, I can, I can read Bibles, I can read the Bible, I can scroll through uh, Facebook. Um, you know, I, I used to take books with me, but it's much harder to get a book put away when a deer's coming in than a phone. Uh, so that's why I like well, a phone a lot better. You're gonna lose your page. I mean, yeah. My gosh. No. Um. I don't. I don't know. I don't really take that much to the stand, honestly. Of course, I have my phone with me, and, I, and I'm on it some. Um, but a lot of times, I just, I just sit back and just enjoy it. Um, He's lying. I'll send you pictures. He's on a seriously. I, uh, I'm not saying I'm not on my phone, but man, I just like just sitting there and being in it, all slowing right. down. Next question. One week on Earth. Obviously, you're going to spend a majority of that time with family. Um, but in that one week, God comes down and says, you got one week left. You can go on one hunt. One. Doesn't matter time of the year. It's just you can have whatever hunt you want during that one day. What oh, do you do? Oh, it's just one day? Oh, man. You said one week. <laughs> well, you, so I'm, I'm saying. You're spending most of that week with your family. But you well, got. I, I, I said Grand Slam Turkey. 
Oh, gotcha. Like, I, I would like to do accomplish that. So you're trying to accomplish a Grand Slam in that one week. Sorry, I'm, family. I'm He's picking the turkeys. <laughs> yeah. I was doing a quail hunt with family and friends because I could still spend time with them. I take my, my dad and brother with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord, just send them a bird, too, but... Make, yeah. Let me shoot first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we killed one in Florida. Well, I ain't got my tag now. Well, sorry, we're going to New Mexico. Yeah, uh, we're off again. Yeah, one week. I got one on week, Earth, you jerk. Quail hunt uh, was was mine. Not because I enjoy that so much more than turkey or deer, but for the fact that it's fan, it's like with your buddies and you're with a dog, and that's what I started out hunting. So that's kind of the one where it's like. If I came into this world hunting quail, I'm going to go out of this world chasing quail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, here's one. What's like your your favorite just hunt memory of uh, you know successful hunt? Not necessarily like uh, a camaraderie thing or or like a family thing, but just like that was like the hunt that I just always kind of go back to in my mind. That's oh, I can't. I I love it. Oof. Uh, first turkey with dad. First turkey. First turkey. That was one of the things that did, that got me hooked on hunting more than anything, uh, any duck hunt, any deer hunt. It was that first turkey. Because up until that up. point, I wasn't, I enjoyed the farm, but I was probably more about the tractors and the cows than I was hunting. And right. when I killed that first turkey with dad, it shook me to my core. And then, boom, I've been a, uh, just passionate about turkeys and, and and that led to all of this here right. with Lane Legacy. So, uh, yeah, first turkey with Dad. First turkey. Yelled so loud that my brother heard us on the other side of the farm. I believe it. Um, you? Gosh. Um, I had a lot of good deer hunts, but one of the ones, honestly, the one in Kansas, I just think of like a, a hunt coming together from um, that deer there back behind you, the triple beam deer. It's like, from from the encounters earlier that day to making a move to seeing it all come together, Aaron at like 20 yards, that was like, ugh, that was just a fun, fun hunt, yeah. you know? I'll share a, a story. This isn't hunting related, it's fishing related, but it just came to mind. Uh, my granddad celebrated his 95th birthday uh, a few weeks ago, and we were trying to write up memories, so put them in a pot and so he can sit down and read through all of them. And, right. Uh, I didn't realize this till just recently, but, uh, the last time grandpa and I ever fished together in the boat together. So we had this little pond prowler, two man boat and in whatever year it was in that spring, we went white bass fishing. Mm -hmm. My brother was there. He fished on the bank, but we caught our complete limit. And the, the last few we caught were pretty small, but I was just like, you know, it's really cool. I don't know if I'll, I don't know when the next time Grandpa and I are going to be in the boat and we're going to be able to say we limited out. So we just continued fishing, even though it was really cold that day. Water was up. It was kind of a drizzly day. Um, Grandpa did his traditional, hey, why don't you drive troll up that way a little while so I can troll? He always loved trolling. Yep. And uh, we did that. And we ended up catching our limit. And later that summer, so that was in the spring, later that summer he started really having heart issues. Um, and ended up having open heart surgery later that year. And that really took a toll on him. And that was the last time we ever fished in mm. that boat together. And that was 11 years ago. Yeah. And it was one of those where it's like that, that 
itch in the back of going, why don't you continue fishing? Keep right. fishing. I, I know it's cold and you're just catching short, uh, like small fish right now, but just keep fishing because, you, you know, there's something, there was something knocking saying, this just is going to be a this. trip you out. remember. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those that's like, I, I said it, it's an office quote, go figure. But it's like, uh, don't you wish you knew you were in the good old days when you were still, in, before you'd already left them. Right. And that was like, that was a golden trip that we had no idea was going to be the last time. I mean, it's been right. 11 years, but yeah. So there, that's something that's, that's came to mind. It's like, whew. There was, there was a time, it, it was like the perfect s- the scenario. Um, my granddad loved to fall turkey hunt. That's what he just grew up doing. He taught my dad how with to. With a dog. With a dog. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, dog go out, out in front, find the flock, bark, birds are flush. You go back in and you call them. Yeah, he just loved to do that. Um, but one 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 fall, I was probably fifteen, sixteen. Um, Dad had uh, run up a, a flock of turkeys and busted them up, and it happened to be on a woods road going out to the back field of one of the farms. And Dad's like, Granddad had been feeling good, and was like, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just go sit with you. It's kind of a mild like late October day, so not like too cold or anything. Yeah. And um, we're like we could just drive them like right there and just drop them off. And dad's like, okay, well some birds kind of went this way. Um, and then the rest of the flock went this way. You two just, just sit here and, and um, I'll just go sit, you know, sit up on the other side and, and we'll just see what comes back to call. And um, we sat there, never heard a bird, but I, I always remembered it from the fact of like, I, I'm, I get to like fall turkey hunt with my granddad. Like yeah. this is, this is awesome. Well, I, I'm, there's no bird answering. There's no nothing, but like, we were just out there just, just sitting there mm-hmm. and this is what he loved. Like this is, this was his thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zero success. We didn't limit out. Sorry. Not a closer <laughs> story. But it, but, but it was one yeah. of those things that I really only had one good time in my life that he was healthy enough. And just the whole situation worked out where, he could go with us and yeah the one time was, was yeah. good enough man i just won't ever yeah. forget it i remember that that going back to that fishing trip you know my whole childhood we had that same boat um he had a little red toyota pickup mm-hmm. and we would pull up and my brother and i'd usually stand on the side when we were so small then my brother could help him as he got a little older but we would stand on the side, and Grandpa would unload the whole boat by himself mm-hmm. and spin it around, put it in the water, get everything situated. Then he would go drive the truck up while we stood by the boat make sure it didn't float off or whatever yeah. and load all the gear up. On that trip, he stood off on the side as I got out, mm-hmm. unloaded the boat, did all the things, then helped him in the boat exactly the way he did it for me. It's kind of that yep. like, wow, we've yeah. come, we've come a, long, a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not to get off topic, but there was another time, you know, like older, older folks when, you know, they, they've worked hard, like, and like, they, they can't like lift their arms up very high. Like yeah. their shoulders are just like worn Shot. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, granddad had a double barrel and this was when I was probably seven or eight. And we went, went down to this one farm that he knew the landowner. Um, and, and basically just a ton of deer on this big ag farm down, down on the Rappahannock river. Anyhow, deer comes out. We were doing like these little man drives or whatever. And it comes, and it's this big field, probably 200 yards across. And just kind of see it come and just like, here, here it comes. And it like, okay, now, now we're realizing, okay, it's going to come between like granddad and I, and we're kind of sitting on the edge and he's like 50 yards down behind me or down to my right. And the deer kind of turns and makes its way. And it's like 30 ish yards from him. 
And that Joker just throws up that gun as if like shoulders were perfectly fine. And he had two triggers on the gun and just boom, boom, like just as quick as like easy. Like he's obviously he's been doing his whole life, but not at like 80 some years old. And uh, it's just one of those things like, how did he do that? Like you, you can't hardly button your top button anymore, but you just threw up a double barrel on this deer and, and fired two shots under two seconds apart from one another and killed deer. It's just crazy. But yeah. this is one of those weird things that you just, you're like, you're always like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're like my hero. But it was one of those, like, superhuman things. You're like, what? I can't, I couldn't even do that right now. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, dude? Yeah, that's funny. All right. Uh, running out of time, but let's get through. Favorite grass? Mm. I struggle with this one a lot. Yeah. Um, this one, this one was tough, and, and, and I'm probably not dead set on it. But um, I went actually with Eastern Gamma Grass for the purpose of really only only for the purpose of it being a warm season grass, but it coming in early from a April May standpoint, from a nesting success standpoint, and what it can do um, the the cover that it can provide from being a very bunch grass yep. early into a nesting season. Um, and then it being there, obviously present through the rest of the, the summer. So yeah. that's, I went there, I almost went cool season grasses. I but, saw in the notes, uh, that was one that I saw you put like river oats. Yeah. I, I'd gone there and I was like, but uh, truthfully that doesn't have that exact same purpose. It can yeah. certainly, but I'm going East and Gamma. What I about went you? with little blue stem. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think just in the name, people think, oh, it's little. But we've seen it it's get weaker, four foot tall, and, yeah. and it's like that's all it needs to be. And right. it's really a cluster grass, bunch grass, and just, you know, it's 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 not too tall. It's beneficial to deer, turkeys, but also quail. Um, it's not like switchgrass where it's like, oh, that stuff gets rank. It's real aggressive. Mm-hmm. i, I got to manage it. Little blue stems just, ah, it's so nice. Uh, favorite soft mass tree? See, I, I played a trick here. I did, too. <laughs> I played the system big time. I did, too. I went American Plum. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting two shrubs in here. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, that's He's what I did. He's not going to know. Because, uh, you know, I, I expected, you know, try to trick you. Are you going to say apple, pear? What are you going to oh, say? But I beat the game, baby. <laughs> Persimmon? No. Yeah, I went no. with American Plum as well. Um, hard mastery. I said burrow. Okay, I just once can't again, get I, I went with a different direction. Um, I went with something that is on my radar. It's very oh, I know cool. What you I know what you um, and it's one of those that's like, man, we forget about how much of a role this thing played. Um, and everybody talks about the American chestnut. No. <laughs> but if you look at the native range, you see the American chestnut goes into the northeast, down through into the Midwest. If you look at the range of the Ozark chinkapin or the ozark chestnut it's the southern chestnut that mm-hmm. went all the way across the span so that's what i went with and we're super excited you know we got some stuff on the radar with this tree and it's just it's Stay definitely tuned. uh definitely one of my that i'm gonna be it's, like let's get them in the ground baby yeah absolutely. Uh, favorite forb Surpri- I, I couldn't do it surprisingly well and and i was like i saw forb and i was like hmm I just tried to go Ford. broad. You can yeah. do legume. And I went, you I can went do... broad. Okay. Dude, I went blackberry. Okay. For m- multiple reasons. One, because I absolutely love them. This is, they're, they're perfect this time of year from just going walking around the woods and just eating yeah, them. Yeah, they're great for chiggers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but they also provide tons of, 
tons of cover, tons of forage, um, opportunity for songbirds to nest in, um, a wide variety of critters eat the fruit. Um, they grow all over the place too. I mean, yes, they can be, you know, pretty pretty tough to uh, to manage, but truthfully, I don't think they are. But they're yeah. they're all over this country. So yeah. I went with just blackberry. I went with two Indian paintbrush because I love that color. Yeah, um, it's one of my favorite colors, and it's kind of that first like, ooh, oh, spring is here. here. You can chase yeah. turkeys and see Indian paintbrush. Right. And then I went with Prairie Blazing Star. Yeah. Um, because that is the root system, the showiness, the amount of pollinators that use it. Beautiful. Awesome. It's coming on Let's now go with too. favorite outdoor activity that's not hunting. I'm going to go I'm going to go just a good kayak float. Gotcha. I on said a, fishing nice rivers. River. Yep. Um item outdoor item that you would receive as a gift. So if somebody's just like buying you a gift and it's like, you know, you get some very random things. If if you have a brother-in-law, and they're like, well, I know he's into hunting, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, what's he going to give me? And he gives you this. You're like, sweet. He did good. I'm, I know I, what yours is. Mine's always flashlight. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with, like, hunting packs. Okay, yeah, backpack. Like a, like a backpack, yeah. Fanny pack's fanny really pack. your style. Yeah, the over-shoulder um, fanny no, pack. No, the one in the front. No, I don't have that. <laughs> or, or, like, even, like, turkey vests. Like, I love, like, all these compartments to put on my gear. Yeah. I love those. Favorite book that's fiction? Uh, mine's I easy. Uh, as a kid, it was a Hatchet. A hatchet, and, yeah. And I don't, read, I, don't read, uh, I don't read fiction books anymore. I, don't, but, I didn't um, even put one down. Yeah, so Hatchet was mine. Uh, and that whole series uh, from Gary Paulson. Yeah, I, did, so I read those. I went with I favorite book, nonfiction. Uh, mine's easy, the, the journals of Lewis and Clark. Read it years ago, then recently read it. New no, man, I love I that the one. the Bible. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Oh, um, Trump card. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thanks for making me look like a heathen. <laughs> yeah. um, favorite line of false information. This is the last one. Yeah. I, I you threw that one on me. You threw that one yeah, on me right late. So go, go ahead, uh, share yours. I'm going to try uh, to think I, one here right quick. As a kid, I remember this one. Cows bedded down means deer <laughs> bedded down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, cows are feeding. Better get to the woods. Well, you, that means hey, you guys see the cows are up feeding. You better head to the woods. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh gosh. What I a do. bunch of nonsense. Uh, I, because I can't think of one. Um, all, all the the quotes oh, I do that have you hear. One more. The, yeah, the quotes you hear about like. Um, when from the east, deer move least. When from the east, <laughs> deer uh, fish bite the least. I, I hadn't heard that one. Um, some of the the moon stuff. Yeah. Like just the straight moon phase stuff. Yeah. I, uh, that always cracks well, me up. Well, the rut's going to be yeah, be 20 days later this it, year because the rut's in, in December, or the I full saw, moon's in December. I saw an article the other day that was like 2019 rut predictors, and I was like, do they have the date wrong? I thought it was like from last year. I was like, how did yeah. they get the date wrong? Then I like looked at it. I was like, they're actually talking about it right now. It's like, y'all, I guarantee you it's going to happen On in November. Same, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean rut predictions? Yeah. Come on. Give me a yeah. break. Favorite trendy, and and this is kind of like favorite as in favorite. We're saying this sarcastically, but your favorite trendy silver bullet project. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've we've golly! I was just Maybe talking we to your just brother. Leave that one in the in the air for next next week. Oh man! That's I, the hook. Get him to come back and listen. I don't know. Week. I well, I was so, talking with your brother last week. I said we just need to do some 
absolutely awful spoof parody. videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought of that. I was thinking that just just today. Listen to uh, one of the podcasts, and this guy does parody videos. I'm like, boy, that would be really funny. Like, I was thinking, like, I ought to do a parody video next next fire season. It's like five things, or or, or not even parody, but five things you you don't want to hear on the fire line. Spot. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bring the blower. Yeah. Uh, well, we, what, what cued that conversation with Chad the other day was we were actually driving past basically that woodland restoration and, and, uh, or excuse me, like the, the Savannah and, and all the flowers and the grasses that were coming back. And I just, it just kind of hit me just being ignorant. I was just like, you know what? I tell you what, I'd like to see just a solid stand of switchgrass come back underneath all these pretty little oaks. Yeah. You got switchgrass. You know, it's the like, silver bullet yeah, bedding. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's a good one. I, I think kind of the the whole emphasis on on uh, water holes too. Yeah, I, I, water plays a water plays a role, but but it's it's not. Uh, it's, I just go back to like the whole maintenance thing uh, of it all. Um, that would probably be mine. Water. I'm just gonna go with water hole. Minerals pretty good. If too. I had a property that had water holes on it, it had. Uh, and I'm talking about like the, the tree, man, like, like the fruit trees everywhere. It like had tanks. tons of clover. Yeah, you're talking about artificial pools. Yeah, yeah. Um, not just <laughs> water in general. Yeah. Oh, uh, they don't need to drink. Um, that needed hinge cutting. Like, like I would be like, if I if I see that property and I or I meet the man who's got that property, and he's doing all that. I want his job because he's got way more time than I have to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, put out feeders. Uh, another time, one that just sucks up sucks the life out of you I think. yeah oh yeah uh sucks the money out of your wallet and the life out of Robs your soul you um ah you know to me the do i dare do i dare but uh i definitely you know the the silver bullet project Woo. man um you know what i'm gonna say food plots that's the one that gets me because so many people devote so much time to food plots and it may only be a two percent of the entire property. Well, and, and I, think, and I yeah, feel like important. too many people do all this work on food plots, and they they do some technique, and they're like, "Oh, look, turkeys have a poult. Look at all the food. That's all because of the food plots." Yeah. Or yeah. or uh, yeah. you know, it's got big antlers. See, well, I, I've, this I've, look at this big deer. This is because of my food plots. I've it's seen, like I've that's seen more 5%. fawns this year than ever. And I, I tell you what, I, I cleared out another quarter acre. Yeah, and it's nope. because of my food plots. Like nope. that's the nope. So nope. silver bullet food plots, and I love food plots. Sure, but at the same time, it's like, come on, they're not a habitat management tool. <coughs> they're not habitat management. Um, you know, by definition, they don't fit habitat management um, or even habitat. And at the same time, they're really almost always a very small percentage of your property. So there you go, take it away. But they still have. Their place, but you you can't you can't basically put them on a pedestal. Say everything that happens on my property revolves around this. It might be the ultimate silver bullet, is what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as you listened to it, uh, and and you and you got to hear. Hopefully, you know maybe listen to it again. Write all yours down. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. I'd love Uh, to hear the most. Your you basic basically your uh, the one that surprised you the most. Maybe maybe an answer that came out. Um, Yeah. We'll post it on on social media and get your guys' feedback. For sure. All right, guys. 
Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again. Love you guys for always joining us. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Yeah.